Welcome, I am Rayanne Hall, and this is The Optimistic Choice. Today's guest is Phil Dunlop. I cannot wait for you to hear his passion for life. Uh, the topic today is structure equals freedom, and boy, is he living a life of freedom, let me tell you. Welcome, Phil. <laughs> Good morning, Rianne. It's such a pleasure to be here. Um, I'm also known as Phil on the beach to many people on Clubhouse because normally when I'm on a, uh, a, an interview or on audio, I'll be walking on the beach, which is just behind me here. <laughs> oh, nice. It's so great. Well, it, welcome. And again, I'm just so honored that you could be here with us. And we, I love this topic, but before we get into it, tell us a little bit about yourself, your backstory. Well, I'm, I'm kind of the, the middle-aged guy that won't grow up. You know, I'm, I'm in my um, early 50s. I've got three children, two stepchildren, two grandchildren. Um, you know, so I've been a busy guy. I've walked in corporate uh, and eventually realized I was probably unemployable. So better off I work for myself and have my own businesses. Built a couple of businesses, um, failures and successes, bootstrapped and funded. Uh, and now I find myself here on the beach in Koh Samui, have a resort, um, some properties and 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 shortly about to start on my next two adventures which i'm sure we'll get into later on that's so exciting oh what a, what an exciting life you have and um i i would love for you to share an experience that you've had that you kind of had to overcome we were talking about how this this podcast is all about getting back to optimism, you know, when we face the struggles, and you've already kind of mentioned that you've had some failures and you've had some successes. Is there one that kind of helped you really propel into success mode? I think I think a very a very big one for me um, was um, six years ago. I had a stroke, um, and that was a big event to get over. Um, a stroke led to depression, anxiety. You know, I was I was living here on the beach in Koh Samui and couldn't get out of bed in the morning. You know, I was, I was really, really depressed. Um, and that's when I had the, the biggest breakthrough that discipline was the only thing that got me functioning. That being able to say, at this time, I am going to do this. I'm going to get up, I'm going to feed the dogs, I'm gonna go for a walk. I'm going to meditate and act and disciplining it. So it was just like being back at school with a timetable. Oh, and yeah. that process of having a structure meant I didn't have to think about things. I didn't have to wake up in the morning and think, what am I going to do? And, and go back into that pity party to go back into that place of self-reflection, which was, you know, it, it's at the time there should have been a warning sign on my head saying, you know, beware all ye who enter here, because going inside my head, anything that went in the ears it was like having Tarantino and the Wazowski brothers up there. Something oh. minor would be turned into a horror movie. Uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, that, that ability to, to structure and discipline stopped me thinking about the, you know, it's not thinking less about myself, it's thinking about myself less that made the difference. Um, oh, that's beautiful. You know, we, we've all experienced this, this COVID. Um, and for somebody that has a resort in the hospitality business here, um, the industry in Samui at the moment is, is pretty dire. And I've used that time to, um, I volunteer to teach English to monks at a local temple for a couple of hours. 
Oh, uh, I get to do something and give back. And, and I think that's, if we started measuring people on what they do for others, we'd see a lot more successful people. Oh, yes, absolutely. When, when you first had that stroke, are you, what was your initial, how did you initially respond to that experience? Um, it was, it was self-inflicted. There wasn't, it was, no, it was because at the time having a, a hotel and a resort, I was you know, drinking and smoking and I was, I was up every day with the guests. Um, and it just came over. I was in the office and then one side of me, um, started going numb. My speech started getting impaired. And I remember, um, my father telling me back when I was in my teens that if he ever had a stroke, to get an aspirin and put it inside his mouth. Oh, uh, don't wow. make him swallow it and, and to get a big aspirin because an aspirin is a blood thinner. Uh -huh. So I was just, the only words I could get out was had anybody got an aspirin and one of my staff had a, an aspirin and I put that inside my mouth and that, that prevented and, um, and stopped an awful lot of the, the big symptoms because it, it, it thins the blood and eats it up. So I don't think I was surprised is the truth. I think most wow. of the traumas that people go through in their life, most of these experiences, when we look back and reflect at them, we don't go, well, that was such a shock. <laughs> That's true. Uh, yeah. So yeah. It, and then it's just being pragmatic. You have to learn to do things again. So you weren't necessarily shocked, but you talked about some things that help propel you forward, that routine and that schedule and stuff like that. But is there anything else that kind of helped you propel forward? I mean, I'm sorry you went through that experience, but how, what a blessing that you knew about the aspirin, um, you know, that kind of helped you slow it down and everything. Um, what else helped you propel forward? It, it, it was, I think it was a great wake up call. Um, hindsight oh, yeah. says I'm quite grateful in many ways because I changed my life in a lot of ways. I changed my diet. You know, I've not had a drink for five years. I, I don't, you know, I have the odd cigar from time to time. That's the one vice I can't get rid of. I sleep. <laughs> I used to think that, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm um, for those that remember her, I'm one of Margaret Thatcher's children. I was, you know, this, the Iron Lady. You do your best when you're a little bit tired and a little bit hungry and I only sleep four hours a week and I was on that treadmill of I only need four hours sleep. Now I get a good seven, eight hours of sleep every single night and I have more energy. I think better. Um, I worry less. I don't, you know, when I go to bed at night, I put my head on the pillow within three minutes, I'm asleep. There are no monkeys on typewriters in my head anymore going, oh, it's, I go to sleep with peace. Um, that, that change of perspective of what's important. Yes. That ability to realize that my health, you know, I, my health rate seemed absolutely changed and that changed everything. And looking after myself, uh, diet, exercise, that changed the way I interact with people. It changed who I interacted with. It changed the way I, uh, I, I did business because there's always that discipline and that routine that came in there which meant the simple things were taken care of. Um, I think I, uh, the biggest realization is that both business and life are actually pretty simple. 
It's just we're all very complicated people. So we'd like to make it as difficult as we can. Oh, my uh, goodness. That's a very profound <laughs> statement right there. It's so true. But it's it pretty is, simple like, when you get to the nuts and bolts of it. But we're complicated and we mess it up a little sometimes. We, we have this amazing ability, Rianne, to, to, to make simple things complicated. You know, yeah. um, I started at that time um, spending a lot a lot more investing a lot more of my time in in um, philosophy so i read a lot of philosophy particularly stoicism um separating the emotion from the reason and when i take the emotion out of business and i i believe emotion doesn't have place in business a business decision is based on reason is it good for the business is it bad for the business does it take it forward does it make it go back um emotion is best for the home you know, emotion is what you do with your wife, your dog, your children. It's not, um, it's not what decisions in business should be made. Of course, I have to learn to be empathetic and caring to staff. You know, I've always done that. We have now, um, because most of our resort is closed, there's certain staff we have which are Burmese. Um, and they, if they don't have a job, they get sent back to Burma from Thailand. I'm, I'm living in Thailand. So we've converted the offices into housing for the staff, the, the, the staff that are Burmese, so they stay there for free. Oh my goodness! Um, it, you know, it doesn't cost it costs us a little bit of electricity and some water. Um, they get to stay here in a safe place. Um, and people say, "Oh, you're so generous." It's so no, it's not. It's a practical decision because when things do open up again, I know that I've earned the loyalty of, of those staff and. I can make a difference to somebody else's life yes. without paying them. There are different, there are other ways to help people. Yes. Yeah. That's, that is amazing what you did. It's innovative. It's responding to what was happening and it was keeping them in the loyalty. I bet, like you said, I mean, not that you did it for that, but boy, I'm sure it just increased their loyalty to you and you were already the leader that had that loyalty i'm sure of it yeah. and it <laughs> well, <feels good>. with, <laughs> oh yeah it feels good to do the right thing you know it really does and i could see that that was a wake-up call for you and we've had a couple myself uh, my husband had cancer last year they took half his liver and it's been quite a roller coaster you know but yeah. he's doing well and um yeah but it is kind of a wake-up call and it kind of makes you when little petty stuff comes up you're like oh come on you know this is nothing this is nothing compared to what you know you know life should not be filled with that much animosity or anger um just doesn't have to be that way you're going to have moments, but it doesn't have to be that intense. Like you said, we can complicate it up. Would you say that optimism played a role in you finding that new lease in life? Or how? To, or maybe yeah. speak to how you got back to optimism. Yeah. Optimism is... Um, what I learned is that there's a big difference between optimism and expectations. Um, I used to hang my hat on the expectations. I expected everything from everybody. I expected people to do things the way I wanted them done. Um, I was I was brought up. My my initial um, career was in 
financial services working corporate around the world. I worked in the city of London. I was up in New York. I was, you know, I was in, I was in um, World Trade Center one the Friday before 9-11. You know, that's what I, that used to be what I did. And everything was very bullish, gung-ho. You do it my way or it's the highway. And optimism is, is, is having a vision without an expectation. It's belief. It's that. I think optimism to me is it's it's knowing something without having the empirical evidence. So mm. I, if I was if I was to compare it, I would say that prior to Darwin, um, you know, the world was created in seven days. That was a fact because that's what it says in the Bible. Um, Along came a chap called Darwin who said, actually, we, there is evolution and this is how we... So therefore, people had to go from having the, the actual knowledge that the world was created in seven days to believing that that was a, a story of optimism and hope. There was a massive transition. And I think for me, that was that transition of having this feeling of almost omnipotence within my own domain to trust and optimism that if we just do the right thing, if I put one foot in front of the, of the other, you know, then everything will be okay. I, I, I leap out of bed in the morning like a young gazelle at five o'clock every morning. Normally I'm up before five. Mm-hmm. I have more enthusiasm and excitement for life now than I did in my 20s, my 30s and my 40s. It's all so days. Sometimes it feels like it's Christmas day morning. It's, I'm so excited to get up. That's um, wonderful. And, and, and part of that is, you know, I am grateful. Of course, gratitude becomes a lot easier when you've nearly lost something. Yes. Um, I was going to ask you, what, how did gratitude come in with your experience? Oh, it's, it's, you suddenly, for me, I suddenly, um, I was grateful for waking up. <laughs> you know, I was grateful for waking up. Um, and I, part of the, the, Part of the process is learning. I learned a lot about myself. So I know that when I wake up in the morning, if I lie there in bed, if I press that snooze button, I know what's going to happen is I'm going to be opening the door for, you know, Tarantino, the Wazowski brothers, and all those crazy people in my head to start chattering. There's going to be a thousand monkeys are going to turn up in the office and start banging on typewriters. It's going to be chaos in there. When I lay in bed, in the morning, it's very rare that I'm gonna lay there and have serene, beautiful thoughts of sailing on the oceans. I'm gonna think about the problems, the troubles, the stresses. So I have a, one of my simple rules is when I wake up, I get up. If I wake up at two o'clock in the morning, I get up. I put my feet on the floor. That reminds me that it's reality. If it's two o'clock in the morning, I get a glass of water, you know, bathroom, I go back to bed. But it's any time after four o'clock in the morning, I get out of bed, I put my clothes on, I put my, I, I wear a skirt during the, during the morning. For a couple of hours, I wear a sarong, but I'm on a beach in Sanui, it's okay here. Yes. Um, so I know, I put a sarong on, I put, I put a jacket on and I go outside, whatever the weather is, I go outside, I touch the earth, I listen to the birds. Um, I put the sand in my toes, I'll kick the water. The dogs will love me because that's what dogs do. Dogs are just so amazing at unconditional love. And, that's, I know it's a good day. And uh, optimism comes by setting the framework. It's, oh. it's setting that framework is what says, 
I'm optimistic that today can be a good day. And whatever happens today, I know tomorrow morning I'm going to get out of bed and feel good. Oh, attitude. It's so much of our success because, yeah. you know, attitude comes from our mindset. You know, there's all these little missing, these, all these little pieces that put them together and it's facing adversity and still having a zest for life in the middle of some yeah. of your harder moments, you yeah. know, the, what you're describing and, um, and, and how you just love waking up every morning and your new lease on life. I just love what you are saying. What can you speak a little bit more before I do final thoughts on the, you know, I like to do final thoughts um, on how structure equals freedom. So you know, I, I'm a, I believe that attitude takes a massive part in, in, in how we approach, the attitude we have in how we approach our day makes a massive part to how our day pans out. Um, I, I love meditation and visualization and things like that. I also realize that the universe is not gonna wipe my nose for me. It's up to me to do that, you know. Oh, I yes, have to, it is. <laughs> I gotta ha I've gotta have my part in it. Yes. And, and it's, you know, there's, there's a fantastic book called The Checklist Manifest. And it's, um, it talks about pilots using a checklist before they take off and how they adopted that approach into surgery, doing a checklist for every single thing and how that improved um, post-operative death rates, decreased them, didn't make them more, it made them less. Right, um, right. <laughs> and, and, and so having that, having that checklist, having that checklist of things in the morning that I know I'm going to do, means I can forget about it. I don't have to concern myself with it. Um, my, my mother used to tell me that manners maketh the man. You know, manners maketh the man. I have to know, so I still open doors for, for a lady, I'll still pull a chair out. I know that's what, that's what the way I was brought up. And manners come from habits. They come from, it's habitual for me to open a door for somebody. And habits give me freedom. I don't have to think about it. I don't have to, when I wake up in the morning, I don't, you know, my dogs are blessed. They get fed at pretty much the same time every day because it's a habit for me. I never have to say, have I fed the dogs? Because I've done it. Um, and the other big, big, big part is, is, it's also a discipline to take action. So um, I'm sure this week you've had a great idea, Rianne. I'm sure an idea has come in your head and it's been fantastic. And at the time it's been, it's going to improve my family life, my home life, my business. It might even make the world a better place. You've had this idea. And I also know you've done nothing about it. Oh. And discipline is the thing that says, when I have an idea, if I'm out cycling in the jungle, I stop my bike, I get off my, my bicycle, I send a message to myself. It says TIA, taking immediate action. And I send myself the idea. I do something about it straight away. And that discipline means that maybe it's a, maybe it turns out to be a lousy idea. And being a lousy idea is great also because it means I've got it out of my head. So I don't go to bed at night with all these ideas because I've written them down, I've got them out. And then I can take the big action, you know, the take massive action, Tony Robbins kind of thing, which is really important most important thing is taking immediate action because these ideas that we have they come and knock on the door of our mind and say hey I'm an idea I'm here this and we do nothing about them and then maybe they'll come back a couple of days later 
And then they'll always come back just when we're going to bed and trying to go to sleep. This idea will come up and you'll think, oh God, I didn't do anything about it. And that discipline to take immediate action means that I get the freedom. I, it, it, it's, it's almost like the, the RAM in the computer. It's free, it's empty, because all those other things are taken up by standard processes that just get on with my day. Um, it's, it is slightly autistic. I am slightly autistic. I am, you know, I do, I am on the spectrum. Um, so maybe that's why it helps me even more. And for anybody, my wife resists anything that's disciplined and organized and structured. Yet when she has to be structured, she tells me how free she feels. Mm, yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I can see that, you know, in my work day when I, I even have it scheduled out where I can have my free time, you know, I yeah. have to have free time each day or it would yeah. not be good. But I do love what you're saying and that taking immediate action, you know, and even if you go and you try it and you fail, well, that's good because it's getting you closer yeah. to something, you know, sometimes those ideas are just things that you have to try out. So you get the experience of it till you get to the, the big idea. But I love that. I love that idea of taking immediate action. And, you know, like, like I was saying with the trying and the failing, that's how you get closer. But same with like, if you're building your confidence, go out there. I hear people saying, go out there and get rejected <laughs> as much as you can and, uh, and let it build your character and your confidence. <laughs> I'm absolutely, you know, if, 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 if I did ever write a book, you know, I'm sure many of your listeners, Rianne, have, have, have read The Art of War and they've oh, yes. books about success. I would write a book called The Art of Failure. Oh, there because you go. The better you are at failing, the easier, the more, the more optimistically, you fail optimistically. Mm -hmm. um, when, when I, um, after my first marriage, which was 22 years, I was, I was very insular and I was very in myself. And I, I said to myself, I came up with my motto at the time was, never say no the first time, only say no when I'm sure I don't like it. Because people were inviting me as, and I was newly single and people saying, come rafting on rivers, come boulder climbing, come and do all of these things. And I was saying, no, 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 no. And I just looked at myself in the mirror or I looked at myself and said, just say yes to everything. Try it. You might like it. You might fail at it. You might dislike it. But at least I've got evidence to say that didn't work. And that's the same in business. If I fail, it may not be a stepping stone to the next great thing. And it's also told me that there is no cheese down that hole. So I don't need to go down that hole ever again. I can avoid going down that particular path because it doesn't work. So it freed up time by failing. So yeah, The Art of Failure would be my book. <laughs> I love it. You got to get going with it. And I can't wait for you to read it into an audible so I can hear you uh, speak the book. <laughs> I love your accent and your... <laughs> your joy. I love your optimism. I love your attitude. I love everything about you, Phil. I'm so glad I was in a coaching class with you because from the moment you said something, I mean, even before you said anything, I saw you on the beach on the Zoom and I was like, oh my gosh, this guy is living his life in the moment and, and to the fullest. <laughs> I, I would normally be outside. I, I have a little rig outside, but it's uh -huh. a bit windy today. So the audio would have been terrible. For, for oh yeah. So it, I thought I'd come inside the house today. Normally I do. I sit outside 
underneath a, a little sala on the beach. And oh, that's where my computer is. That's where everything is. And, you know, people walk by and say hello and interrupt me. And I go, oh, yeah, I'll do yeah. that again. <laughs> so, well, it's so cool. You're really an inspiration to all of us. And I've been following you on Clubhouse as well. Whenever I see Phil is talking, I jump on and listen. And, you know, I always hope that you're still talking when I jump on, because sometimes it'll say Phil is talking and, it, and you're not talking. <laughs> it does that to me all the time. It says so-and-so's talking and I'll go and look and oh, they finished. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm starting to get into to Clubhouse. I don't know how to get friends on there or anything I'm, i don't even know how to become like a speaker but i've started a group and a um every other uh oh what day did we pick wednesdays um a friend of mine from new york and i we talk about you know my group's called greatness within if you ever want to check it out okay i will i'll look at and we talk about some of this stuff you know how we everything we need is right inside of us but it's a brand new group and there's only a few of us on it <laughs> But anyway, we hope you check us out and support us because you definitely have a following. Do you have I, a club? I, no, I, I, I have a club. My, my plans were all curtailed um, when COVID came. I, we, okay. were, um, we, were, we were in the process of um, selling the resort uh -huh. um, with, with the plan of buying a sailing yacht and sailing around the world for the next five years oh wow so so i do have a couple of and it's because of my my uh, uh, and my wife's love of stoicism which is called stoic sailors okay so our plan was to you know have a podcast youtube channel about the stoic sailors about us two using philosophy as anecdotal stories and then the video of us sailing around the world for five years that all stopped because, of course, it's very difficult to sell a business to, um, particularly a tourism business or a hospitality business, when there are no tourists and there's nobody to be hospitable to. Right. But those plans got failed. So the intention—that's still the plan. It just—it's just been—it's just, um, just been delayed. So that—that that would be my dream. Would oh be, man, I uh, could just see you on a yacht. <laughs> yeah. To be instead of this behind me, instead of the beach behind me, to this to be at my, you know, my helming station, the navigation station. This is where I can do a video or an interview and 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 you know make a little bit of difference to some other people. Um, we are inherently, I think, we are all selfish inside, mm. um, and if we can find ways. I, I go to the temple to teach monks because it's good for the monks. I'm giving to the community, most of all, because it makes me feel good. Is the truth. You know, I am selfish and self-centered to the core. However, I can be selfish and self-centered in a way that serves other people in the community instead of it being just about me. Oh, you know what? That just gave me clarity because I started a nonprofit five years ago and we help young women overcoming adversities. And some of them even been through abuse like I had when I was a child. And I love the way it feels to connect with these girls who've seen some things just like I had in high school. Sure. And it, I was like, am I doing this because it makes me feel good? <laughs> Or because I really do see that they're growing and they, they appreciate the extra support from our, my women's group that I founded in 2016. But I, I just needed that clarity because I, I have had people say I'm doing it for the wrong reasons, but usually they have an agenda to say something like that because I don't feel that I am, 
But I do know that part of you're talking about how we can be a little selfish because I do feel incredibly good when I'm helping them and doing workshops with them. It makes me feel alive. I don't, it, it, I don't know. It doesn't have to be either or. You know, I'm sure, right. Bill, and, I'm sure Bill and Melinda have got huge satisfaction from their philanthropic work. Yes, that's true. And I am I'm here sure right that, in Seattle. <laughs> and that's, and that's, you know, why, why does doing something good for somebody else, why does it have to be it's for them or it's for me? Why can't it be both? Why can't it be and? It serves my community. It serves other people. I am being of service and I feel good about it. Yes. Nothing, not a darn thing. Thank you, though. I just love how you clarified it and everything. It's so great. Because I, I have the same way. I really do have all of my business plans because I'm an insurance agent. And this whole nonprofit came about because my business plan was to have a community league, you know, to give back to the community. And like you go every day, two hours to teach. I mean, that's amazing. I don't do two hours a day, but some, sometimes around our gala I do. But anyway, back to you. I always like to end our, um, <laughs> I just got carried away because you were striking a chord there. <laughs> but uh, my final thoughts, I'd like to you know, ask you a question or a make a statement, have you just say the first thing that comes to mind. So happiness is? Happiness is, um, recognizing what I've got and having the freedom to do what I want with it. Ooh, good. And resilience means? Um, resilience means, resilience means being dumb enough to not give up. I like that. And what's the first thing you notice about people? Uh, their eye contact and their smile. I, 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 what I do is an experiment sometimes if I go to a market um, I'll deliberately connect my eyes with other people walking the other way and smile at them and it's amazing to see how many how, it, that's the one thing you can give away uh, it doesn't cost you anything and you'll always get something in return eyes and smiles oh, that's so beautiful and, the, and you know the eyes are the window to the soul we've had a lot of people say that here on the optimistic choice that's so cool and what are three habits that improve life um, getting up at the same time every day, number one. Um, number two, uh, having a, a, a daily routine of some kind of physical exercise and meditation. Those three things. You get up at the same time every day, you have a routine that involves some kind of physical activity and meditate every day, the life will be a better place. If you don't do any of those three, they cost you nothing. And I will personally give you a money back guarantee if it doesn't work. <laughs> there you go. That's good. If you could have lunch with anyone, whether they're alive or not, besides family, who would that be? Uh, Winston Churchill. Oh, that would be an interesting lunch, huh? <laughs> Conversation. Yeah, he had a lot of courage to be disliked by a lot of people, and he had his—he he was true to his convictions. He didn't listen to the naysayers, and I think he'd be an interesting character. Yes, very firm in who he was. And I think yeah. it is hard to not listen to the naysayers. I'm not good at that. Mm -hmm. I'm not. But that's because I'm getting rid of my people pleasing skills and um, turning more to doing what's right, whether people like it or not. Right. <laughs> anyway, when you die, how do you want to be remembered? 
um, I, I I once had a, in the financial services sector, I I had a nickname as the Pony Express um, because I always delivered. If it came to the end of a quarter or the end of a month, and somebody needed some deals or something needed closing or some something needed doing, you could always guarantee that if you call me, I'll get it done. Um, I would like to be known as the person who um, takes action and completed what they started. Oh, yes. And I know you already are thought of that way. <laughs> and at the end of the day, life is? Life's an opportunity to... Life is... Ooh, could have given me these questions before. That would have been cheating, though, wouldn't it? <laughs> like, uh, life is an all-you-can-eat buffet. Mm. You can have anything you want and you can't have everything. Oh my goodness, that's so great. What an opportunity this interview has been for me. You have really filled me up. I thank you. I know the listeners have loved it. Thank you so much, Bill. God bless you, Rianne. Thank you so God much. Bless you. It's been a pleasure. And everyone out there, keep making the optimistic choice. Thank you.